You are listening to NASA in Silicon Valley episode 42. This is a special episode that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Our guest is Letitia Hawkins, a recruiter here at NASA Ames. A question that always pops up at NASA events and on social media is, how do I get a job at NASA? Today we're going into detail on how to navigate the online process and land your dream job. This is particularly relevant to any students out there listening. In fact, there are currently several new Pathways internship positions available at NASA Ames. Follow the link on this transcript page or go to usajobs.gov and do some searches for Pathways and NASA Ames. So here is Letitia Hawkins. How did you end up at NASA? How did you end up in Silicon Valley? How, how did you end up getting a job over here? Well, I did the student route. Okay. So I'm originally from the East Coast, Philadelphia. Nice. And I, after school and after after undergrad and getting my master's degree, I applied for the Presidential Management internship program that's right now, now it's called the presidential management fellows program so okay. that, that dates me <laughs> <laughs> so i applied while i was at the university of delaware and got okay. accepted and i started working at nasa headquarters in washington dc and i was there for about six years and mm-hmm. then a job opened here at nasa ames and i applied was accepted, so here I am now in Silicon Valley. And so I know that for the PMF, it was formerly the PMI, there's a whole, like, you you do an interview, you put in an application. Did you always have in mind that you wanted to go to NASA, or was it kind no. of open, or did that show up on your list of No, options? I did my undergraduate work at Spelman College, which is a historically mm-hmm. black college for women in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was really, I was a sociology major. I knew I was going to be doing some type of community work, community-based work. At the time, though, when I was looking for work, the government had a furlough. And mm-hmm. so NASA was one of the agencies that were hiring and they were interested in me because you're right. The Presidential Management Fellows Program is a very rigorous selection process. Especially in the East Coast. Yes. So after you pass the review of your written application, there are regional interviews yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. where you have to do panel tests, you have uh, situations with other applicants, and if you make that cut, they have what is called a career fair where agencies approach you, you approach agencies, and NASA was interested in me. Yeah, I I did some grad school, I did my grad school in in Washington, D.C., and it was like everybody was clamoring for the PMF. It was crazy competitive, whereas I had friends who went to like Ohio or other places, not not as many people necessarily knew about it. But I think back in the day, there were restrictions on like like every school could get so many. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, I don't know if it's still a thing on the school level, but at the agency level, um, an agency has to be willing to support that Mm -hmm. type of position. But it is competitive. It's no joke. Yeah, like, this is one of you know being in HR and, and working on recruitment stuff. This has been one of the episodes I've always wanted to do because um, half of like whether you're looking at forum boards or posts on Reddit or social media things, the one of the of apart from talking about space and the cool stuff that NASA is doing, we always get the questions of 
how do I join NASA? How do right. I get in? Um, and so we talked about like the PMF and the PMI, but you know, for anybody who's just in school, coming out of the gate, what are their options if they know they want to work with NASA, but you know, how, how do they get in or how, what are their options? So first of all, I, every time I go out to career fairs, I am always just so humbled and amazed at how many people, young and old, mm-hmm. want to be part of NASA. And so it's good to know that there's an interest in the space agency. And I'm always happy to tell them that there <laughs> is a place for almost every background at NASA. So, of course, people think of first astronauts, then they think of scientists and engineers, but they rarely think about the administrative positions that we have. So NASA hires almost as many administrative personnel or non-STEM as we do those science, technology, engineering, and math positions. Mm -hmm. And so I tell them, if you're an undergraduate, I ask, Do you know about the Pathways program? Yes. And sometimes they'll say yes. Or when they say no, I say, well, that's the way that the federal government, all federal government hires its interns and recent graduates. So the first thing that I would tell students is that learn about the Pathways program. And of course, NASA has its own Pathways positions that we post. Mm -hmm. But in order to apply, you have to go through USA Jobs, which is our online portal for receiving applications and so I tell them whatever you do today your first (laughs) assignment is to go back to your dorm or wherever you live and you create an account on USA Jobs because you can't do anything without that and then you can take your time upload your resume Mm -hmm. and I always give them tips and on how to create their account how to create a resume and that resume can be updated throughout their entire career, no matter where they go. As long as there's a USA Jobs, their resume will be there for them. And it's interesting because in the past, oftentimes people will ask somebody else who who's already at NASA, how did you get on board? And in the past, there was different like co-ops or internships and all these various ways. And the government basically just consolidated all of those that those programs for the most part into pathways that's correct so it's like it's a consistent similar path for any federal agency that's correct they'll have the pathways internship program the pathways recent graduate program which is for anyone once you graduate from college you have two years to be eligible for those recent graduate positions and then of course the third leg of it is the presidential management fellows program Excellent. And so if I even stepped back a little bit earlier than that, for people who are just looking for internships, yes, um, that is, you can be an intern through the Pathways program, but isn't there also something else of like the one-stop shopping? Yes, thing? OSSI, One Stop okay. Shopping Initiative, and that is intern.nasa.gov, and those are positions that are not related to the Pathways positions, okay. but there's still opportunities for U.S. citizens to go and look for work that a NASA research researcher or a scientist or engineer, they'll have eight to 10 weeks of work where they want Mm -hmm. someone to help support that work. And you go through intern.nasa.gov to search positions and to apply. And one thing that I would let 
the students know is that it is competitive. That's competitive as mm-hmm. well. But make sure that they go and they're aware of the various deadlines. Because unlike yeah. pathways, positions come up come all go. the time throughout, throughout the, the year. But there are specific open and closed periods for one-stop shopping initiative. And the big difference is that one-stop shopping initiative where they do the internships. That is straight up, here's an internship for X amount of weeks. It's done. It's over. You have a cool thing on your resume. Whereas Pathways, those internships are specifically geared towards, okay, after you're done doing your internship, then there's a possibility of moving that into civil service Exactly. So you mentioned before how there used to be other programs like co-ops. And even we even sometimes called them step or skep positions. Well, with the Pathways Internship uh, Experience Program, the the goal is still to have a student come on mm-hmm. and keep working for us as they progress through their school career and at the end when they're graduating to be converted into a full-time employee at NASA. So it is an opportunity for students to figure out, do I really want to be doing this? And for the hiring official to say, is this person a good fit? Okay. All right. So and then apart from that, I, I know some people at NASA who are like in postdocs or there's different contractors and various things. Is the postdoctorate programs, is that considered like an internship or is that a, through the pathways? How exactly does that work? Or is that completely separate from? That's completely separate. OK. And that just like uh, intern.nasa.gov, if you get one of those positions, that's totally separate. It's not a government position. It's just it's almost like a contract. And so Pathways is the civil servant position. You have to be a citizen in order to Uh apply for those positions. We now, when NASA Ames goes to career fairs, we do take a list of our industry partners, the contractors that support our work. And so because our goal is we understand that we're not always hiring, but there are people who support our work who may be hiring don't have the same citizenship requirements. And so we give them that list and advise them to go on their websites, the company's websites, to see, do they have summer work? Do they have internships? Maybe they even have positions for students Mm -hmm. fresh out of college. So if you go to nasa.gov and click on AIMS, you'll see a lot of information because you're right. There are several ways to get your foot in the door to work for NASA or at least to support NASA work, but your employer is one of the contractors. And at the top of the podcast where we have a little description, I'll go ahead and put in the links for the one-stop shopping, give them a link to the the contractor page, a link to USA Jobs, so everybody can see those. So if you're listening to this, you can go back, click on some of those links, and you can go and check out some of the stuff that we're talking about. Well, I'll be happy to provide those to you. (laughs) Excellent. So so if we were circling back on over to USA Jobs, one of some of the advice that I give people, you know, it's like when you get into USA Jobs, like, you know, set up your account, get that going. But then go the next step, especially if you're into, into pathways, they have search criteria. So you can set up alerts in search parameters, or even if you just put in pathways, set up an alert so that every single time 
a NASA job that has pathways in it pops up in the system, you get an email because you don't want to like even if you make your account, but stuff shows up and just happen to be looking at the page that day. You, can you get these are email so right. Alerts. You are so right. And I do give that advice at career fairs and any other place that I'm speaking about jobs at NASA. So we're busy. And yeah. so but you don't want to miss an opportunity. So I tell them you want to set up the alert so that you can get a notification, an email notification, and it'll say the job that you're interested in, here's a position that's open, and then Mm -hmm. you can go check it out. And that's another reason why I tell people, please put up your resume, don't wait. Because a lot of times, by the time you find a position, the deadline for submitting your application may be really close, and you don't wanna be up all night starting from scratch. So I tell these students, Get your resume written. And I give them, not only do I give them a pamphlet on how to create your USA Jobs account and tips for creating a NASA resume, but USA Jobs has a pamphlet that is transferable. Even if you're doing a paper resume, the same tips will apply on how to make sure that you are presenting yourself to the best of your ability. And even going beyond some of the pathway stuff of just normal jobs, if you're even already in the federal government, or even if you're just you know, on the outside trying to get into the federal government and applying for jobs, understanding that how USA Jobs works is crucial because, I mean, too often people will have their one page, very succinct and pithy resume that works really great for maybe a private sector kind of job. Yes. But in when you go into USA Jobs, you have the choice. You can either upload your resume, like a PDF or a doc, into the system so you have it in your account, or you could use their resume builder. Yes. Maybe I'm wrong, but I always push people to use the resume builder. Use the resume builder, and you can take as much space as you need and really take the time because of the way the system works. Yeah. And so you want to... Pull out the verbiage, the words that clearly match what the position is looking for. You want to use the right words. You want to use the right phrases so that that automated system can pick up on the fact that, yes, you are highly qualified for that position and you should be moved to the next level of review. (laughs) And so um, even looking at like, uploading your resume versus using that resume builder. The cool thing about the resume builder is it has certain required fields. I mean, even something as simple as you would think of working 40 hours a week in the job that you listed in there. That seems like, well, most people probably don't put in their private sector or personal resume that it was a 40 hour a week job. Right. But over in the USA job system, it forces you to do that. But that's, that's important because when people start looking through it, I mean, it's one of those questions that come up that maybe in your own personal resume, you didn't think to add it, but that's a good thing about using the USA Jobs one. It's kind of like, it kind of forces those questions that are going to come up. And that's because it's geared towards qualifications in the federal government. Mm-hmm. We deal a lot with time and service. And so we want to make sure that you have the experience 
at the grade level for the required amount of time that makes sure that you really have that experience. And so that's great. You're right that the resume builder and even questions of veterans preference I was gonna say, and yeah. citizenship, it makes you answer those questions because if you are a veteran, you'll get extra points mm-hmm. if it if it applies to the position. So yeah, that's important. And also building on that for the folks who are already in the federal government. And I, I know from experience of having started off in a different federal agency and then moved to NASA, um, one thing that's important is having the other supporting documents already uploaded and into the system. So every federal employee, if you're listening to this, you have what's called an SF-50. And I always say, have your latest SF-50 uploaded into that system. Because the last thing you want is on a deadline to put in your application and you can't find it. Or you're having to dig through old emails. Yes, But also for vets as well, there's different documentation. The DD-214, which will verify what you're claiming as your preference. There's also transcripts. Yes, college transcripts. College transcripts. So really look at what's required at the time of application and then also have on deck any other supporting documentation that might come if you get to a certain level in the evaluation process. So the basic pro tips, have a USA Jobs account, set up your alerts, um, make for sure that you have, you know, follow the resume builder. You know, yes. if you're a vet, have that document already yes. in your system. If you're a federal employee, have your SF-50 already. Yes. Because it'll just make it smoother. So when you see your dream job pop up, you can just jump on top of it. Got to be ready for the opportunity. And so go in, going into, you kind of touched on it before about looking at words and phrases. It's like um, just telling about yourself is like great. I always say, yeah, it's great. You know, your resume is awesome and look at the cool stuff that you did. Mm-hmm. But if it's not relevant to the job that is posted, if it doesn't really match well with like what your duties and the specialized right. skills, it's like, yeah, it's like it's it's great to know what you did in the past. But anybody who's in a, a hiring official wants to know, like, what are you going to do for me <laughs> in the sense of how does that match up with the duties that I'm saying that I'm looking for? And so you. Right. So with federal government work and qualifications, we want to know that you were doing or are doing relevant work to the position at the proper level. So, you know, were you entry level? Were you considered at an expert level? Mm-hmm. You know, were you at a journeyman level? So a lot of times I tell people, especially veterans, because they're transferring the work that they did into the from in the military totally. into now this federal resume, this federal world. So the one thing that I say is we, number one, want to know what you're doing, of course. But yeah. number two, what your impact was in the work that you're doing because a lot of times somebody will write down i worked on a team that built a robot okay and so that's great oh good for you but what was your role on the team did you handle the scheduling did you handle the budgeting were you the team leader so all of that stuff is really important to put you to the forefront you have to say this is what I did, how it impacted this group, this team, mm-hmm. this project. And further, these are some successes, some awards or some other outcomes that were directly related to my work in this area. And this goes into the, you know, 
building that, I mean, you have a section on that resume builder of where you can talk about your job. And I, I always like have the paragraph that describes what your job, what it was. Then I had little bullets where it goes through those, those good examples of yes. here's the situation, here's what I did, and here's the impact on the organization. Yes, exactly. That is a perfect thing for the hiring person to see, like not just what you did, but well, how did it make a difference? Yes, yes. And that is a way to evaluate a person's knowledges, skills, and abilities. And talk a little bit about how, you know, when you see a, a job up on USA Jobs and it's got the duties or has a quick job description, has the duties, and then it goes into like, like specialized skills or requirements because that's one of those important key things for people to, to go make for sure that they go through and read that portion as well. Yes. So you will have a summary of the general duties of a position. Sometimes positions will have a specialized experience requirement yeah. that if you don't have that, it possibly will disqualify you from eligibility. So please pay attention to that and show address how you have that specialized experience. And it's normally towards the bottom, and then you'll see the thing where it's like, you know, at least a year equivalent of like a certain, like GS 13 or GS 12 yes. work. Um, yes. That's kind of like a requirement. And yes. then sometimes it'll even get a little bit more into the weeds of doing a very specific kind yes. of work. And yes. it's important that people look at that because the worst case scenario is somebody who's super qualified, but then, but if you don't, tell them in, in that right. resume builder that you did it, they're never going to know and you don't get through in the system. Right. So. And those may also be called selective placement factors. So okay. you have your duties, the specialized experience, the selective placement factor. So you have to look at all of that. And when you're looking at your resume, make sure that you can point to experience that you see repeated in mm -hmm. the vacancy announcement. So if you can even make sure that the language closely matches what how it's described in the vacancy announcement, okay. the better. And this may seem like very much in the weeds, bureaucratic mumbo jumbo, but this is important. So not only for people who are doing mission support, yes. so whether it's like we're doing, um, you know, buying things or make for sure people get paid on time or communications or, 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 you know, IT, you know, support. But this is very relevant for engineers and scientists and anybody who wants to work in the federal government or at NASA as a whole. Like you have to go through this system in order to get a civil servant you job. You do have so. to go through this system. I know it's also a big interest amongst NASA. Um, I'm thinking of traditionally STEM jobs. It has historically been straight white male from the Northeast um, getting into these positions. And I know it's also important to have not only just like diversity of culture, diversity of like thought. And so could you talk a little bit about how NASA is working to try to make STEM and NASA as a whole be more representative of the country that it represents? Yes, NASA and NASA Ames Research Center is very committed to recruiting a diverse workforce. And some of the things that we're doing to prove that is when we go out on our recruitment trips, we go to national conventions where the populations represent 
women represent people of various ethnic groups. We go to historically black colleges and universities. We go to um, LGBT events Mm -hmm. as well. So while we are looking for a highly qualified candidate, we know that that person can be found in several different venues. And we even have taken it a step further where we're going into the local colleges and universities and we're holding sessions so that we can build relationships with those different groups and we'll have a training on veteran status. We're having training on resume building. So um, different things like that so that we can not only connect with those communities to let them know that yes we are interested in you and we're looking for you but also to give them some good information to help them search and apply for jobs so um what are some of the what, are there any other kind of tips things that you kind of tell people on uh, going through it or well one thing especially that i tell students because a lot of them who are graduating want to just get their foot in the door someplace. Mm -hmm. There are others who are trying to really, they're diligent about crafting their work experience to make sure that when they graduate, an employer can see that they've had a passion in a particular area and they've taken deliberate, purposeful steps towards what they feel like is their career goal. So I tell them, as a student, you are in a prime position for people to be open to talking to you. I know when I was a student, you know, you're young, you're fresh-faced, and (laughs) if you go to someone who's in a high position and you're just like, can you please just tell me what it's like to be you? (laughs) I mean, people love it. They're like, I want to talk to a student versus, you know, if you're already in the job and, you know, somebody sees you, why are you bothering me? You have a job to do. (laughs) Don't don't talk to me. So students are in a perfect position to get advice from people in the field to get to lean on their professors because the professors a lot of times still have networks and working relationships with people in the field. And so they shouldn't only see that professor as the person that grades their work and Mm -hmm. puts them to sleep for an hour and a half in lecture. (laughs) So they should talk to them really get And when professors know their students and know what their dreams are, they want to help a lot of times, most times. So I tell students, use your position as a student because you have entree to a lot of places and people that others don't. I always think of people think of interviews as like as an interview with the press or as an interview for a job. And I'm like, there's these informal, informal, informational interviews, especially as a student, you're in that position where I just want to know what you're doing. And most of the time people are willing to talk about themselves. They sure (laughs) are people. And especially talking to someone who's who they feel like is looking up to them and who can teach them something because people like to feel good about themselves (laughs) and at the end of the day to say yeah you know I talked to some young people who wanted to know what it was like to be me and you know sometimes a person can only give you a few minutes but I mean 15 minutes with a high level executive can be gold so just never Never second guess yourself when you're wondering if you should approach someone. Mm-hmm. Never be afraid and just be diligent. Be diligent 
and don't give up because it's true. Sometimes people in certain positions are very busy, but that doesn't mean that they don't want to make time for you. And also get to know their support staff, too, because if you know oh, the admins, that is the most important thing. <laughs> they may say they may take pity on you and say, well, he's only he or she only has 10 seconds, but you can have it. <laughs> exactly. Or, or know when they're going to go get their coffee or, break yes. or when they're going to do or like they know every day if you just popped in now. Yes. Yeah. And that's always a very telling thing of, you know, just, you know, like of how people are of like, you know. If you just come in, if you're dead set focused of I'm going to talk to this like CEO or I'm going to talk to the the division chief for this. Yes. And if you're not, you know, chit chatting with, you know, the person who's running their schedule, it's like you're kind of shooting yourself in the I foot. <laughs> You'll be spinning around in that little wheel for a long time. Um, so, yeah. And I also would say we always do go for the high level, but there are people yeah. who are working at all levels who have a story to tell and a lesson to teach. So also don't negate people who are in the line staff, because that's probably where you'll be starting. And oh. so you'll want to, of course, you know where you want to be. But think about the different steps along your journey and talk to people along the way. It's also if you're the ambitious go-getter, it's like keep in mind by the time like the the you know the the person who's in charge of things at that moment by the time you're working your way up in your career, they've already retired and yeah. left. <laughs> it's like you you need to culture and develop those relationships yes. amongst your peers and the people who are that level just like above you because these are the people you're going to be working with throughout your career yes, that's and true. it's just it's the good karma of just like you know you treat people with respect and, and you know you're interested it's like people people feel that and can tell absolutely that's so true be humble be grateful you'll go far <laughs> Excellent. So thank you so much for coming on over. Um, we are going to put all the links up in the description for the podcast for, um, you know, for the pathways, for the presidential management fellowship, for the contractor page, for all of that stuff. Um, anybody has questions for, for Leticia, um, we will uh, have, we follow the hashtag NASA Silicon Valley. Of course, we're on Twitter at NASA Ames. Any questions come our way and we'll, we'll loop you guys all together. So. I look forward to getting those questions. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on over. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.